Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton, and this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Spoke this week with Liam Fox. He is the UK's Secretary of State for International Trade. Talk everything from Brexit to the new trade pact with Canada and the European Union. Really what the UK hopes to gain out of a trading partnership, not just with Canada, which of course we've had, but securing connections between the West Coast as well as the UK. Spoke to the minister a lot about with regards to our relationships going down the West Coast in Seattle, Silicon Valley, a lot of strong connections there, as well as what's going on in Asia Pacific. But first, before we get to that, this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. At 604-714-3600. Or else check them out on their website at manningelliott.ca. And like I said before, I'd like to welcome Dr. Liam Fox onto the program. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. We are the daily business news program from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. The United Kingdom's Secretary of State for International Trade is in Vancouver this week to discuss the future of the Canada-UK trading relationship at the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Liam Fox, he joins us in studio today to discuss that future, along with, say, Brexit, as well as CETA. Liam, I want to thank you for joining us on the program today. Pleasure, thank you. So is there more to Canada than just the East Coast, in your opinion here? Well, it's, it's very common for... Um, ministers and for trade delegations to be coming to the East Coast, go to Toronto, go to Montreal, go to Ottawa. Um, I'm, in fact, the first UK cabinet minister to come purely on a bilateral basis for a good number of years. Uh, I think that's a pity because uh, Vancouver is going to be a key uh, city in trade and investment in a number of ways. Clearly, it's geographical position on the edge of the Pacific Rim. And according to the IMF, 90% of global growth in the next 10 to 15 years will be outside continental Europe. Most of that's going to be Pacific, uh, and the UK needs to be well positioned there. So what I really want is for the UK to be more on the radar for investment and trade coming from the west coast of Canada, and also the west coast to be more on the radar for investment coming from the UK. We already have a strong investment relationship. Um, The United Kingdom is the number two destination worldwide for Canadian investment overseas. And for the UK, Canada is number five. So underpinning any trading relationship is a strong investment relationship there, which we want to see strengthened. You know, I think we've been talking a lot about this on the radio program the last few months, especially with regards to the new free trade agreement between the European Union and Canada. It also brings up questions about the future of the UK with regards to trading relationships between Canada and your country. What do you want to see come from the future relationship between these two countries, knowing that there's going to be a big transition point uh, going forward for your country? Well, we already know, um, because Britain was one of the countries that most pushed for CETA, um, that there's a very good agreement there. We've already agreed that after we leave the European Union, we will roll that over into a new bilateral agreement. There may also be room for further additions uh, in areas where it wasn't possible for Canada to reach agreement with the whole of the EU, but it could with the UK in areas like 
uh, some of the difficulties over data localization, for example. So uh, there, there's room for uh, increased conversations, and we've been having those. And when we actually leave the European Union in March 2019, we will have then uh, an implementation period to to cushion that that uh, our our journey to our new relationship with the EU, which will last until about December 2020. In that time, we will have the opportunity to get into proper negotiations with uh, the Canadian government about how we roll that agreement over, uh, the small points of difference that might uh, occur, and how we can take it forward. And it gives us the opportunity as two countries that have traditionally been extremely orientated towards free trade uh, at a time in the global economy where there's far too much protectionism around for us to begin to lead the way and to champion global free trade again. Now, I believe CETA took around maybe seven years to negotiate. Do you anticipate it's going to be a swifter uh, process between Canada and the United Kingdom going forward? Well, the agreement has already made, and we're a party to that agreement uh, as a member of the European Union. Of course, there are things that we have to take out of that again, which is all the references to EU institutions, for example, and substitute UK institutions into that. We'll have to look at uh, the issues of EU quotas and what share the United Kingdom takes going forward. But we've taken a very pragmatic view on that, which is to look at how much has actually come into the UK market so that if 60% of the EU quota on any one commodity has already come into the UK, we will take that as our new quota to make sure that there's not any discrimination against overseas producers. There's no disadvantage to our own producers and no disadvantage to our own consumers by virtue of maintaining market stability. If you think about the West Coast, we've definitely had a big push for diversification within our own economy. British Columbia, it's been one of the strongest Canadian provinces in recent years because the economy here is more diverse than some of the energy-dependent uh, provinces you'll find in the rest of Canada. What misconceptions are out there with regards to the opportunities that might be on the West Coast in your home country? What do you want to get that out there to other people about the opportunities that exist between, say, the West Coast as well as the UK? Well, the UK is going through a very strong period economically at the moment. Uh, we've got the highest employment we've had in our history. Last year, we had the highest foreign direct investment in our history. Our exports were up 12% last year, much better than uh, the global increase in trade. And we attracted more venture capital on tech to, the, to London alone last year than the whole of Germany, France, Ireland and Spain combined. Now, if you look at the geographical positioning of Vancouver, so close to Seattle, it might be going too far to, to call it a, you know, a, a double star, as it were. But there's certainly a huge amount of overlap in, in tech. Um, and that's an area of British expertise. Clearly, where there are investments going in both directions, which is a healthy thing, and therefore a transfer of talent and a transfer of knowledge. So there's, that you can see that going forward, there's a strong relationship there. And in terms of the, the wider opportunities, I actually want to see more British companies investing abroad. I want to see them uh, become um, even greater global brands. I want to be able to take advantage of unilateral market liberalization where it occurs, um, and I want to see us uh, share our knowledge in a range of sectors that can be mutually beneficial. And getting, I simply want to get my colleagues in the UK to understand that this is a great opportunity uh, for investment and also uh, for investors here to understand that the stability economically of the UK and the strong underpinning fundamentals make it a good place 
for the sort of big investments we've seen, for example, from the pension funds in Canada who are looking for a stable and predictable, if not necessarily spectacular, return over time. So I think there's a good complementarity between the two economies. Do you think investors, though, British investors, might blanch at the size of this market? 30 million people, it's half the size of your population. We're a relatively small country, despite our geographic size. Is Canada too small for the UK? Not at all. I mean, I think if you look at the amount of investment already coming from the UK, the amount of trade that we have between us, um, about £16.5 uh, billion, pounds, can't really reckon that back into Canadian dollars. Um, but that's been a big increase. The trade between us has gone up about 12.2% in the past year. So there's already a healthy relationship that we need to build upon. I was uh, doing a TV program this afternoon and they said to me, uh, well, you know, for someone who's not allowed to negotiate trade agreements, you're in Canada an awful lot of time. Uh, and I was delighted with that because uh, at least someone notices sure. uh, that we do regard Canada as an important trading partner. It's not just um, the United States that matters. Canada is an important and will be an, a growingly important trading partner and an investment partner for us. Well, you brought up earlier the fact that we are geographically very close to the United States, especially, say, Seattle, Silicon Valley. What about relationships that we have tied to the Asia-Pacific region? We recently have reached a free trade agreement with South Korea. We are pursuing that with TPP-11, the new TPP as well. What opportunities do you think Canada possesses within the Asia-Pacific market that could be useful to the United Kingdom if we strengthened our own trade relationships? Well, we can see our relationship with Canada on a number of levels. Obviously, CETA is going to be the important basis for a bilateral trading relationship. Um, how the UK reacts to uh, CPTPT. It's a, it's a mouthful. It was I, much easier when yeah. it was just TPP. I agree. We've gone through this on the radio show. It's like alphabet soup <laughs> at this point. I, go ahead. Sorry. And uh, uh, But how we react to that and uh, you know what Britain's future relationship with that might be is still... Uh, obviously a moot point. Um, but in any case, we see it all as extremely positive because all trade liberalization is a good thing. Um, we need to get back to a more open global economy. There's been too much closing down of it in recent years, too many non-tariff barriers and the rise of protectionism. So we see Canada having greater access to a wider global market as being good for the UK as well as that global market itself. Well, excellent. Well, I appreciate you making time for us on the West Coast, and I want to thank you for joining us on the program today. It's a great pleasure. Thank you very much. That's Liam Fox. He's the UK Secretary of State for International Trade, and you're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. I'm Tyler Orton. Stay with us. We'll be back right after the break. Yeah, and that was Liam Fox, uh, MP based in the UK, visiting Vancouver to get more trade going on here. Very interesting conversation, and I thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars on iTunes. Leaving a review also helps us with search results and reaching more listeners. In the meantime, you can find me at Reporton, that's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N, that's on Twitter, or also read my stories and my colleagues at BIV.com. Till next time, this is a Business in Vancouver podcast.